Welcome to this episode of Living La Vida de Luxury, a podcast for my black and brown women who are looking for a community to elevate their lives and careers. We'll talk about first-gen experiences with money, careers, our backgrounds, life, and just some plain old girl talk. All right, girl, let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode three, Chasing Your Desired Career with me, your host, Nada Urias. I'm excited that you've joined me today. And in the words of Jay-Z, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. Well, listen to me. (laughs) Today, I'll talk about chasing your desired career. Notice I said desired, and that's because we can achieve what we want if we put our minds to it and speak it into existence. I can tell you that it works. I'm the first generation from my family to have a professional career where I get to work from home and travel for work. I remember when I told my grandma and my mom about this and they were both astonished, like, what the hell, you can do that? (laughs) I also have a college education. Took me a minute, pero aquí estamos. I also earned six figures. If you would have told me 15 years ago when I started working that this would be my life, I would have laughed, but I would have believed you because I always envisioned it for myself, honestly. We're all in different points of our careers. You may be in just a job or changing careers or a recent graduate ready to work or working on a promotion or already in your dream job but just looking to elevate your current career status. Wherever you identify yourself, listen to the tips I'm gonna share with you today. I've used them in my own journey. Share this episode with others as well to help them out. These tips will help everyone. So I've been recruiting for over 12 years now. I've seen both sides of the interview table as the interviewer and the interviewee. And let me tell you, it's usually the colored community who do not do best in interviews. I know you're thinking, well, how the hell am I supposed to know how to interview if no one has taught me? Listen, I get it. If you're a first gen like me, you can't ask your parents or family for guidance, unfortunately. Our parents tell us to be happy with whatever we're offered, yeah. School doesn't fully prepare us for the real world, especially not the schools and colored communities. Shoot, my first interview probably sucked, but since I was referred, I got lucky. Shout out to my nephew's mom, Joanna, for hooking it up. Interviews are nerve wracking, I know, but let me give you some recruiter insiders that will help you. And before we get into it, if you'd like to open your notepad on your phone and take some notes, And of course, you can replay this episode as many times as you need to. First, you know you wanna look for a job, right? Now, think about what kind of job. Depending where you are in your career, are you looking for entry level, mid-experience level, experience level, managerial, director or executive level? Yes, I've included higher levels of careers because I don't discriminate. (laughs) 
Just because you have a fancy title doesn't mean that you're better at interviewing. Trust. I've seen some executive interviews where I'm like, yeah, no. Some people that sit at the top are referred. They know the right person, but we won't get into that, okay? Now, let's break down the experience levels. Entry level means you're totally green to the job or industry. You could be a recent graduate or making a career change. You need the full training before being on your own. Mid-experience level means you've put in some time. You're not too new, but you don't know everything yet. You need some training, but in a short time, you can work on your own. Experience level means that you've been doing this. The training you'll need is just orientation, to know company standards, procedures, but doing the job, oh, you got this. Managerial level means managerial. You either have years of experience, have been a leader to your team without the title, and now are ready to be a manager, or you've been already managing a team. You're considered a team leader and an expert. Director level means you've passed the other levels and now you oversee a department. You provide strategies to expand or improve processes. Executive level means that you're with the top dogs, the big bosses. You, alongside with the owner, make decisions for the company. You're no longer strategizing for a team, a department. You're now doing it from a bird's eye view for the company. All right. Identified yourself in one of these categories, right? Now, we're going to look for the job opportunity. Keep in mind that there isn't one site that serves all industries. So depending on certain fields, there are specific job boards to look for jobs. Like IT jobs use dice.com or hire.com. Healthcare jobs use careervitals.com or healthcaresource.com. Even if you want to find remote jobs, there's flexjobs.com or weworkremotely.com. I'll list these in the show notes, so don't worry. Got you. Now, Google is your best friend, so start there. Type in what you're looking for and be specific. For example, you can say, entry-level administrative assistant jobs near me. Google will show you the different companies with entry-level administrative jobs near you. Now, one thing I do want you to know, what I'm about to tell you that is very helpful and important, and I'm sharing this because I see this as a recruiter. If you find a job on, let's say, Google, Indeed, the recruiter, wherever, it's best to find the company's name, open a new web page, type in the company name, and go to the company's career site. I tell you this because these job boards scrape companies' career pages. When they scrape, they only pull active positions. If that position closes, it closes on the company's career site, but it won't on the scrape site. You understand what I'm saying? So for example, you may have applied to jobs online before and most likely didn't receive an acknowledgement email of your application, nor for an interview, not even to say thank you but no thank you or to tell you the job was filled. You probably even did your part, followed up with the company, and they tell you they have no record of your information. This is a reason why. I always share this tip with applicants because 
your resume is floating out there in cyberspace somewhere. So remember, even if Google says, still go to the company's website, go to the careers tab, and you'll see what is really open. Then apply with the company directly. Okay, so now we found our ideal job, but wait, hold up. We need to tweak that resume. Oh, I know. Writing resumes suck. Who the hell has time for it? What is it supposed to say? Well, my friend, lucky for you, I am going to tell you. Now look at the job description and use that as your guide on how to describe your experience within your resume. All right. So follow me on this one. Now, an ideal resume is no longer than two pages. So yes, you can have a one-page resume. If you're a director or above, three to four pages is ideal. There are sections of your resumes you must have. Your contact info section should include your first and last name, and it is okay to use your preferred name on your resume, your email address, and please, 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 Please make sure that it's active and that you monitor it frequently. You don't know how many times an applicant has called me and asked about their application status. Whole time I sent them an email and for example, like inviting them to interview, but the email was in their junk or spam folder. So my advice to you is check your inbox, your junk mail, your spam, your promotions folder, because you might find emails there. Make sure your cell phone number is also listed correctly. You don't know how many times I call a number listed in the contact info section and the number's either disconnected or it's someone else's number. Nowadays, recruiters text applicants. Yes, we text. We call as well, but texting is a much easier and faster way of communicating. And if you're like me, I don't answer calls if the number isn't saved on my phone. So please, please, please make sure your email address and your phone numbers are listed correctly. If not, you're in your own way, making yourself miss out on the opportunities. Your address, just list your city and state. For us millennials and the older generations, we were told to list our entire home address. Well, now you don't. Your profile summary, it used to be the objective where you describe the type of job you were looking for. Now it's a short paragraph that talks about you, that introduces you. Now, there are some recruiters that will say, scrap it completely from your resume. Others say, keep it. I think, depending on the type of experience level position that you're looking for, you should keep the profile summary, like managerial level and above experience. Your employment history, keep your history for the last 10 years, all right? List relevant jobs, whether full-time, part-time, internships, any, anything. If you don't have relevant jobs, it's okay. Still list the positions you've held. Now, when listing the duties, don't just bullet point tasks. Instead, bullet point between four four to six tasks with results or quantitative measures. When recruiters scan your resume, they're looking for substance, like how many sales a week you get, how much time you save by implementing technology, 
or how much of a budget you've managed. Use the job description. This will help guide you if you need to list certain tasks and results that they are looking for. Your education. List your highest level of education. If you only have a high school diploma as your highest level of education, cool, list it. You'll notice as you move up the ranks, a bachelor's or even a master's degree is required for certain jobs along with experience. Now, if you're applying to an entry-level role and it's asking you for a college degree, that's a red flag. I mean, it's entry-level for a reason. It's becoming more popular to remove educational experience for up to managerial roles because the job can be taught. Now, there are roles that require a degree regardless of level. Like, I want my lawyer to be graduated with a degree to practice law. My doctor that's performing a surgery on me to be educated. So yes, there are certain roles that a degree is a must. Listing your skills. This is where you will list um, if you're a leader, a team player, that you have project management skills, you're bilingual, perfect, list it here. Use the job description we pulled up earlier and read what skills the company is looking for in this role. If you know you have these skills, add them to your list. Your technical abilities, list the softwares you've used. People tend to mix the skill section with our human soft skills and technical abilities. Don't, okay? Keep them separated. List your Microsoft, ADP, or Yardi experience. Again, the job description will list specific softwares used. Also, as a reminder, it's okay if you don't have experience using a particular software. This is always teachable. Certifications are optional. Only list certifications if they relate to the job you're applying for. Like, don't list your CPR certification for an administrative role. I mean, it's good to know CPR, but a company isn't going to look at your resume and say, oh, wow, they're CPR certified. We need that. No. For example, in the human resources field, the SHRM certification is a requirement most of the time. So it looks good on your resume. I have mine. And so I list it on my resume. The job description will tell you if a specific certification is needed. All right. So you've tweaked your resume, you apply to the job, bingo, we have a winner. All right. So then the recruiter reaches out to you for an initial conversation, AKA a pre-screen. This is where the recruiter will one, understand more about what you know, and bring to the team, and two, feel your vibe. But first, here are important things for you to do. Value yourself. What's your price tag? This is the biggest area people of color lack in. I'm sorry to say it. Usually when we change jobs, it's for higher pay or a promotion, right? Job posts typically share the pay rate. And if they don't, either way, know your worth. So think about yourself for a moment. How much are you making now? If you made the switch to another job, how much do you want to make? Keep it realistic. Now, I want to make a million dollars, but I'm not there yet. So like I said, realistic, okay? 
put either an hourly rate or yearly rate to your tag, all right? So for example, let's say you make $50,000 a year. You're looking for something at $60,000 a year. That's a $10,000 yearly increase. That's $4.81 an hour increase. That's an added $192.40 a week. Is this how much you're worth? Are you, is this what you really want? How much you really want? Or do you want more? Or maybe you want to go for $65,000 a year. That's a $15,000 yearly increase from the 50 where you're at, right? So that makes it a $7.22 an hour increase. That's an added $288.80 a week, right? So you see, the more you go up, the more you increase that rate, the more you get, right? Now think about your lifestyle expenses, and most importantly, your value. If a company cannot pay you for your value, keep looking. The right one will appear. A helpful resource to use to find out pay ranges for your desired role is to visit salary.com. Type in the position and geographic location. Yes, location matters because of cost of living. Pay structures vary in different locations. D.C. and New York pay is way higher than Florida. The site will show you the bottom to top level of the range. So, for example, we're going to stick with the administrative position, right? So, I looked up the administrative assistant in D.C. The low-end pay is $59,960. $59,960. $960 a year, okay? The middle pay is $67,000 and the top pay is 75,648. Wow, that's a huge range. That's a huge gap. Now, place yourself within that range based on your experience and transferable skills. If you don't fit in, not even at the bottom end of the pay, then that means You need to look for another job, sis. Stop playing yourself short and collect your bag. So hopefully this gives you a general idea and can be helpful when negotiating your pay. Yes, I said negotiate for the people in the back. Us, people of color, tend to not negotiate our price. You can negotiate your base price, your bonus structure, even your PTO. Yep your personal time off, your vacation. Yep. Yes, you can. We know what we bring to the table, but we're scared to get rejected or lowballed. Also, when we mention to our parents, especially immigrant parents, we're usually making more than they ever have. So they tell us to accept whatever is given to us. Unfortunately, they don't have the luxury to negotiate a high earning potential, but you can. Listen, I always say, closed mouths don't get fed, meaning ask for what you want, speak up. The worst that can happen is that you'll get a no. In the words of Kris Jenner, if someone tells you no, you're speaking to the wrong person. And for me, after God and my Savior, Jesus Christ, 
I listen to Chris Jenner, honey, okay? <laughs> because she is living truth of making shit happen. All right. Now, we're going to jump into the pre screening part, okay? To prepare for the pre screen with the recruiter, if it's scheduled in advance, just make sure you know the details. Pre screens are either over the phone virtual or in person, which usually is at a fair, a career fair, or if you're out invited for coffee. If it's over the phone, do you know if you got to call them or do they call you? Sit in a quiet place. Keep your resume in front of you to reference. Keep an upbeat and professional tone. Don't sound bored, uninterested, or professional. Have you heard of the phrase, I can hear you smiling over the phone. Yeah. How can you hear a smile, right? Well, you can pick up on the person's energy, like if they're in a good mood, if they're smiling, laughing, etc. You can hopefully feel my energy through this podcast, right? So same thing over the phone. I know you're nervous, but relax. If the pre-screen is virtual, check if it's via Zoom or Teams. Do you need to download on your phone or laptop? Is there a link? Run a test to make sure your mic and camera work. Although it's virtual, please make sure your top is presentable and professional. You don't know how many times I've interviewed someone who was wearing a tank top or their hair looks like they just rolled up out of bed. Um, yeah, no, don't do that. Before entering the virtual room, Make sure you have good lighting, you're sitting in a quiet place, and you've joined at least no more than five minutes before the interview. Now, the interview will, the, the recruiter will share the basics of the role, like schedule, pay rate, benefits. They'll ask you basic role questions to understand how much you know. This is where you sell yourself, okay? Make sure to listen to the question and answer it thoroughly. If you do not have experience in that particular area, it's okay. Be honest and mention that you're willing to learn. If you pass the vibe check, plus have the experience or the potential, you'll meet with the hiring manager next. And you're probably asking me, um, there's a vibe check? <laughs> yes, there is. This is where we figure out if you're a culture fit. So, can you fit in with the team, the company? Can you add value to the team? The recruiter is the gatekeeper of the company, so impress them, okay? But also, just as they're interviewing you, you interview them. Don't be shy and ask questions. Ask them about company culture. If they didn't give you the information about pay or benefits, ask. It's helpful to jot down the questions before interview so that you can get answers to your questions. Research the company. Remember, Google is your best friend. Use Glassdoor, LinkedIn, and other resources to help you find out more. Don't go into an interview knowing nothing or barely anything about the company. I've asked someone before if they knew what my company did, which was property management, by the way, and they flat out told me that they knew nothing about us. Okay, now, you know, that was a turnoff and the rest of the interview 
didn't get better. So the interview was cut short. Now, you've moved on to the interview with the hiring manager. Use the same tips I mentioned to use with the recruiter here. If it's an in-person interview, make sure to be at least 15 minutes early, be friendly with the front desk person or whoever you see that works there. Remember to follow up with a thank you email. Here's some phrases that recruiters and hiring managers love to hear. I researched your company and learned that you're in X industry. Your employer reviews are positive and your mission statement resonated with me. Easy, right? Sounds nice. Sounds like you're interested. Well, I'm not familiar with that. However, I'd like you to know that I love learning new things. This role or industry is appealing to me and I am eager to learn and grow. Boom. You don't have to use the usual, I'm a quick learner. Okay, well, tell me more. You know, do you, are, are you interested? Do you, how much do you like learning? How invested are you? Okay, so I just want to just add a little bit more words to it to slice it up. All right. Woo! I know, I covered a lot. I took you to school today, didn't I? <laughs> but I felt that it's super important to share this. It's a lot of tips. This was jam-packed, but hopefully you got something out of it. The only way we can go up is by learning, taking risks, putting ourselves out there. And it's important that the colored community learns how to do it. Remember, gorgeous, gorgeous girls get a bag from their jobs to help fund their luxurious lifestyle. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Live in La Vida de Luxury. I hope you got some gems from it. Add them to your stash and enjoy luxury with me. Let's connect and be friends on all socials. I've added links to connect and my blog within the details of this episode. Till next time.